Hey, you're listening to the Public Fitness Podcast, and I'm Jimmy Jarreau, your host. Today I want to talk just a little bit uh, about a, an article that I sent out from uh, Harvard Publishing Company. I think that's what it's called, basically Harvard Medical School on obesity. Um, I talked a little bit about my feelings on obesity in general, and then kind of a brief reaction to a small part of this article that they had um, published this week. So it created a little bit of debate online, so I just wanted to kind of wrap my head around the entire topic and just briefly summarize my feelings on it. So that's what the episode will be about today. So the article of topic in today's podcast, like I said, came from the Harvard Medical School. Um, it was it was centered on some specific research about medical about medical bias, uh, in particular with women who are on that obese scale. Uh, I, I'm assuming according to the CDC BMI index. And before I get too deep into that, I just wanted to talk a little bit about obesity um, in America, that is, and, and my general thoughts on it as an exercise physiologist. So the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, we'll just call it CDC, uh, has a body mass index that everyone's probably familiar with. It's pretty controversial, controversial uh, simply due to the number of outliers out there that we'll talk about a little bit. But in general, it says that a person 203 pounds or more with a BMI of 30 or higher is obese. And then a person 271 pounds or more with a BMI of 40 or higher is considered class 3 obese, which I'm guessing is kind of a more polite way of saying what we used to refer to as morbid obesity or morbidly obese. Um, so a body mass index, a BMI, is a person's weight in kilograms divided by the square of height in meters. A high BMI, according to the CDC, can be an indicator of high body fatness. So there's a strong correlation there. Uh, and, and you don't really, I mean, you can look up a BMI calculator at this point online and calculate what yours is uh, estimated to be. But the big thing that usually is discussed with BMI are, or is, uh, outliers. So if you're an outlier, meaning that you are 203 pounds or more, 271 pounds or more, and you actually have, you know, a good body fat percentage, so these are going to be your athletes. Um, in particular, the argument for outliers is usually like, well, Andrew Luck is 240 pounds. I don't think he's obese, by the, but he is by BMI standards. You know, LeBron James is 270 pounds. Is he obese? It, there's an argument there, but I think when you're looking at society as a whole, in particular with health, you have to be careful to make that argument because I think it takes away uh, from the bigger picture. So if you're an outlier, you probably aren't wondering if you're obese or not. You're probably just going to write the BMI off. Um, this probably still matters a whole lot for people who are deconditioned, which 
we know is actually most people in America. So BMI does not measure body fat directly, but research has shown that BMI is moderately correlated with direct measures of body fat obtained from things like skin fold, uh, bioelectrical impedance, underwater weighing, um, DXA, the dual energy x-ray, and other methods. Uh, BMI appears to be strongly correlated, according to the CDC, with various adverse health outcomes consistent with these more direct measures of body fatness. So I'm not defending BMI here at all, because I, I get the outlier thing. I do. I think there are much better ways to determine if a person is obese or not by measuring body fat. Um, my primary argument, which we'll cover shortly, is that obesity is a disease. And I want to define obesity by a person's body fat percentage, not by the BMI that we're talking about, but by a person's body fat percentage. And my argument is that for most people who, for most people, who fall in this obese or class 3 obese category on the BMI scale are not healthy. I, I just don't think you can be in a state of health and be considered obese. I don't think those two things can exist. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that, um, and I'll dig a little bit more into that Harvard article. So again, I have kind of these mixed feelings about BMI. I think, I think it's right now at least the most accurate way to look at obesity as a population. But when we're talking person to person, my definition of obesity and, and kind of where you should be differs a little bit. So if you're talking about an individual, I think the best thing to do is measure your body fat percentage, hire someone to measure your body fat percentage. And when we look at that, um, these can differ to a certain degree based on your age and other factors, but you know, a body fat percentage of 25% or more for most men and 35% or more for most women uh, would be considered obese. And then beyond that, you're looking at whatever they think class 3 obesity is, um, what I would consider morbid obese, like there's an immediate uh, threat to your health. And so looking at, looking at obesity and how it is strongly correlated with uh, adverse health outcomes, I also wanted to look at what the CDC says about leading causes of death in America. And so they have heart disease, Number one, kind of the obvious one, 633,842 deaths uh, in 2016, I believe that was, um, as a result of heart disease. And then you go down that list of top 10 leading causes of death, diabetes, 79,535 deaths. And we look at those two things in particular because there is such a strong correlation between heart, heart disease, diabetes, and um, are among heart disease, diabetes, and obesity. And so 
there obviously is a difference between correlation, causation. There's a difference between behavioral outcomes, and there's a difference between uh, a person just being born with a certain a certain disease um, or a certain chance that they'll develop that disease later in life. So more than one-third, 36.5% of U.S. adults have, quote-unquote, have obesity. That's by the CDC. Um, and then they move on to obesity-related conditions include heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and certain types of cancer. And these are, again, some of the leading causes of preventable death, quote-unquote, preventable death. The estimated annual medical cost of obesity in the U.S. was $147 billion in 2008. The medical costs for people who have obesity were 1,429 higher than those of a normal weight, quote-unquote normal weight. And so the research suggests from the Harvard Medical School article that many doctors also have weight bias biases that could affect a person's health. Um, Dr. Scott Butch, obesity is one of the last socially acceptable forms of prejudice, which I don't disagree with. We've seen that. Um, you know, even doctors, it's saying, aren't immune from misconceptions about obesity. Uh, and this, what they're saying is, affects the medical care they provide to the 40% estimate of American women with the condition. Uh, research has shown that physicians spend 29% less time with patients who suffer from obesity. This is a quote, they are less engaged in discussions and less inclined to recommend preventative care to women with obesity. This might mean ordering fewer pap smears and screening mammograms for women with obesity who ironically might need them more because obesity has been demonstrated to raise the risk of breast cancer and cervical cancers, unquote. Uh, so that's that's pretty alarming, and, and I I don't know that it's a misconception, and I get that's not their argument. Um, their argument is that the issue here is these folks are um, not getting the same level of care, and ironically, they need more care. So the Harvard article goes on, quote, you should inform yourself about obesity so you can advocate for yourself effectively. Obesity is a disease. That's in the article. Obesity is a disease. It's a dysfunction of normal regulatory pathways in the brain and in the gut that control our weight. Science has begun to paint a clearer picture that it's not just calories in, calories out, unquote. And so I get that we are making different arguments, and I agree with their overarching theme in this article, um, that it is a dysfunction of these pathways in the brain. Uh, and I agree with the advancements in science that calories in, calories out doesn't always work. Um, and, I'm a, and I find it alarming that uh, physicians spend 29% on average less time with patients who suffer from obesity. <clears throat> That's obviously a real issue. Where I disagree and where I think 
we might be getting into some trouble here as a society is with the fact that we have misconceptions about obesity. Um, I think it perpetuates this idea, this romantic idea that you can be healthy and obese. Again, I don't believe that you can be in a state of health and be obese. By my definition of obese, right, which no one cares about, um, forget the outliers. If you are obese, legitimately obese, if you are a um, 50 to 60-year-old woman, woman like they briefly discuss in this article, and you're obese, you have a body fat percentage uh, 35% or greater, I don't think you are in a state of health even though your other numbers and your blood tests and all of that look great. Um, I know that doesn't make sense on paper, but I think we know that your long-term health is going to be affected at some point. And so I just prefer to look at the big picture. <coughs> the article goes on, I have women who are overweight, banging their heads against a wall, eating salads with chicken at every meal. They start to feel better when you tell them how their body regulates weight and that their weight is not their fault and they're quite healthy. The classic perception is that the heavier you are, the sicker you are. Some people with obesity may be quite healthy. Um, it's hard for me as a C-plus glorified PE student to argue with a Harvard Medical School uh, faculty editor and <coughs> obesity medicine physician. This is obviously their ballpark. They're in the top top 1%, what, 0.5% of thought leaders on this subject probably. But just being being in it every day and working with and working with people like this person is describing, it just really bothers me. I think I think you can hold people accountable and you can be honest with people and you can educate people without being um, without holding prejudice against them for their weight. Um, and their body composition. It says the classic perception is that the heavier you are, the sicker you are. I agree with the fact that that is a fallacy. But the very next sentence, some people with obesity may be quite healthy. And I just don't disagree. I just disagree with that uh, wholeheartedly. And maybe I'm looking too much into this. Um, maybe I'm overcritical. But it just dealing with these people every day. People are hard on themselves, and then people look for excuses. And when a person at this level of the obesity discussion says that kind of thing, I think it, I think it hurts society more than it helps. Um, they do go on to say staying healthy requires a willingness to be proactive and you know, make a commitment to protecting your health, and don't let concerns about your weight keep you from getting the care you need and deserve. So I love that they wrap it up like that. Totally agree. Uh, obesity may not be your fault at all, but you're also not in a state of health, and I just wanted to get that out there.